Welcome, everyone, to the first episode of the Fired Up and Plugged In podcast powered by Emergency Reporting. This is the podcast for all 21st century fire and EMS personnel. I'm Tom Lewis, Enterprise Training Manager and your host. Our inaugural topic today is organizational intelligence and the power of executing a well-conceived strategic plan. Joining us is retired Fire Chief Randy Brugman. During his 40-year career in local government, Chief Brugman was the president of the International Association of Fire Chiefs from 2002 to 2003. He also served as the president of the board of directors of the Center for Public Safety Excellence from 2004 to 2017. We are grateful to have him as a member of Emergency Reporting's Customer Advisory Board today. Joining him is Emergency Reporting's Chief Executive Officer, David Noakes. David has been with Emergency Reporting since 2011 and previously served as General Manager prior to becoming CEO. He is also our visionary and will be sharing our strategic plan and how these principles are applicable to any fire or EMS organization. So without further ado, let's start the podcast. Okay. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate that. David, good morning. Good morning, Chief. Nice to see you again. Good to see you too, and uh, thanks for being with us today. We thought as we launched our uh, inaugural podcast for emergency reporting that we thought we would start with you. And uh, what I'd like to talk about today is kind of how we strategic, uh, strategically uh, vision our organizations and then prepare them to kind of move forward in the future. I've done a lot of strategic planning, but I was really intrigued by uh, what you have done in emergency reporting uh, with the concept that you built around the term atoms. And I would like you, if you could, just to give us a brief overview of that, uh, and then I'll have some follow-up questions probably as we get into this a little bit. Sure, sounds great, Chief. Yeah, so, you know, that that ADAMS acronym and just the, the whole uh, energy and vision behind it really started with a transformative event at Emergency Reporting in 2019. Uh, we decided to capitalize the organization in a different way. And, uh, and that set us on a, a trajectory for a really a rapid, rapid growth uh, and expansion of who we are as a, as a you know, software to the fire service. So it felt important to try to build something that the entire organization could grab onto. And, and so we developed this acronym um, called ADAMS. And it's really sort of built around uh, emergency reporting as a nucleus. And then as the protons and electrons sort of move around, you know, if you think about it, like, you know, the staff are all contributing and, and really emergency reporting is, is the center of uh, a fire and EMS software. Right. And so um, it, it was it was a lot of work, to be honest, to try to find something that could visually represent what we were trying to accomplish. And then also, you know, this isn't a one year plan. Right. This is something that we have to spread out over time. And so. Um, so it was, you know, it, it was a lot of work. Uh, it was a lot of conversations, and and maybe I could just talk through sort of each letter if that if that would be helpful. Yeah, I think that would be helpful for the audience to to actually understand what the acronym stand for stands sure. for. Sure. So so in 2019 was when we took uh, on this different capitalization position, and and so it kind of kicks off uh, there with the letter A, which is accelerate, right? And so when you make a step like that as an organization, everything starts to speed up. And, and I was trying to communicate to the organization that, look, the, the first step is you'll have to move faster, right? It's a competitive environment. Things move quickly. Competitors are always trying to come in with different products, different 
services, et cetera, and I wanted to remain in front. So the, the first thing is, everybody, we're going to have to speed up. Uh, the, the T is for 2020, right? So each each letter has a, a small number, kind of like the, the uh, periodic table, and it represents a year. The T uh, was for 2020. So once we accelerated, now we're going to have to transform, right? In order to meet our objectives of, of what we had set out to do, we couldn't continue to do the same thing that we'd always done, right? And that's something you hear a lot in strategic planning is that you can't continue to do the same thing. Uh, you have to change, right? And so we set the organization down this path of transforming. We we wanted everyone to look at what they did every day and what and, and what could be done differently, knowing where we wanted to be five years from now, right? Uh, we didn't want to be the same size. We wanted to be a lot larger. We wanted to be able to serve global customers, those sorts of things. You can't do that if you've only ever done one thing one way, right? Sure. Now we're moving into the year of optimization. Uh, and, and that's the O in, in the acronym ADAMS. Uh, and it's 2021. And now we've transformed. Uh, now we are going to try to optimize everything. I've challenged every single uh, employee at emergency reporting to be the leader of their job, right? Find a better way to do something. Uh, and find an innovative way to start to facilitate where we wanted to go to. When you get to M, right, uh, that's that's a big leap. That's where we start to maximize the investments that we've made, right? So if you've transformed them, now you've refined them in the year of optimization, now you have to start to maximize them. And, uh, and that's really where I think we add so much value to the fire service. The fire service is going to start to see and feel the, the impact of the efforts, whether it's be product, customer service, et cetera. We're just going to be world-class, right? And then the last one, S, is really about scale. Now we're going to take that and replicate that and sort of wrap it around uh, anything we touch as a global fire software supplier. So um, it was, again, quite a journey. You know, we have great designers, we have a great marketing department, so we were able to uh, really wrap it all together in, in a nice uh, visual format. And then uh, and then the real work begins, right? Now you gotta go tell everybody exactly what each year means, right? <clears throat> I'm sure uh, as a former chief of Anaheim, right? You, you've, you've probably had to run into, you know, very similar scenarios, a large organization trying to move it forward. Maybe chief, you could share a little bit about some of your experience with what it means to sort of shift and move an organization. You know, I think one of the things that you you brought up was the the the, the second piece of the acronym and that's transform. Transformation of an organization is always difficult when you're when you're talking about going through that change process because as we know people are reticent oftentimes to uh, to get out of their comfort zones. And so I think when you talk about transformation uh, you know, I look at that from a, just the perspective of leadership and how do you get people to to leave what they know uh, and to move uh, towards something that may be unfamiliar uh, with, to them. And, and that's difficult. And as I was reading through your plan and you got to this transformation phase, uh, I know from my own experience, that's that's kind of most one of the most difficult parts uh, because that's where you get often the most pushback. And that's often where you have to maybe change the processes or start to change the processes that you're using in your own organization. So I'd like you to kind of uh, talk a little bit about if you face that that same thing as you were going through the transform, transform, transforming process to to get to that optimization piece. Yeah, it's it, um, 
so, so transformation was the year of 2020, right? And so you want to talk about a year of transformation. When we picked that acronym, we had no idea that that the world would be faced with a global pandemic mm-hmm. and that we have, you know, some of the things that happen in terms of cities sort of having uh, civil unrest and, and then a contested presidential election. I mean, you want to talk about transformation while you're trying to walk through that. It was a, t- it was a tough go. And, 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 and the reason, I think, is because people like just the, 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 the cycle of what they do, right? They want to know that what they do every day matters. They want to know what they, what they do every day is contributory. And here we're telling them as a, as a leadership group, no, that contributed and you helped us get here. Now you have to totally change to get to this next place. And I think people have a real tough time with it. So one of the things we did at the end of 2019, when the acronym was kind of developed, is I took uh, the time and, and, and went to each individual org inside the greater org. So I sat with the support team and walked them through kind of the, the entire financial plan, the entire go-to-market plan, and then finished each one of those two and a half, three hour sessions with take a look at this acronym. What is, how does this hit you? And, and just started to socialize it, right? And, and really tried to make sure that people understood why and how it applied to them. And I think that was really helpful. So I did it with, you know, the finance group who has, you know, no, no real, um, no real sort of customer facing sales process that they're running into. How can a finance department, you know, be transformative in what it is they do? Uh, we went through with the sales team. We went through with the development team. So it was a, it was a, it was an investment, right? And so I think that was really helpful. All of that happened at the start of 2020, like in the first couple months. I mean, we did a few in December of 2019, but in 2020 we really walked through with the organization, and I would say it was probably complete by uh, mid to late February, and then global pandemic, right? And then all of a sudden, everyone, get into your house. And we start to walk through, okay, sorry, I I didn't realize when I said transformation, it was going to be like this, but really, (laughs) we were tested. We were tested. And and I think everybody had to really think about their work differently when we moved to a remote environment. Mm -hmm. But it worked out because we already said this is your transformation. So, you know, Welcome to the new world, right? And and it was super helpful uh, to have already had those conversations. I couldn't imagine having mm-hmm. those conversations virtually. I think that's an important point: is that when you're when you're doing this, you got to talk about it a lot. You got to talk about it often. You got to commit the time as a as the leader to walk people through and give them the opportunity to engage and ask questions. And I think that was very helpful, uh, setting the stage. And then you know when the pandemic hits. We already said it was a year of transformation. So welcome to the new world. And everybody just, you know, did a fantastic job battling through. So in in that transformative phase, uh, how did that play into your structure and process within the organization? Did it change it? Oh, yeah, it absolutely did. So uh, so in preparation for the year of optimization, transformation, you got to move some of the uh, you got to move pieces inside of the organization to be able to even position yourself to optimize. So the other thing that happens, I always challenge senior leaders that we are always one letter ahead in the plan, right? My job is to be five letters ahead. Senior leaders, we're already working on what it means to be the M, to maximize, even though the rest of the organization's in optimize, so that we are ready when the time comes. So we started uh, modifying certain elements of the structure of the organization. We, we spawned new orgs uh, that was more designed towards mid-market, 
uh, you know, larger fire departments. We started to shift how we thought about teams. We made investments in in new products that that and the acceleration and velocity of delivering those products. So we did a, a lot of that, and that put a lot of pressure, especially in a in a totally virtual environment. I couldn't be more proud of how the team handled, uh, you know, what it was to go through that in a virtual sense. But you have to start if you're gonna if you have some place you want to be five years from now, and and you're on this roadmap, right? You've got to set the direction way beyond or way earlier than the than the five year mark. And and we did a lot of that last year. So we modified the structure. We challenged people to step into promotions that they didn't maybe even think that they could handle, and they're doing a great job. Uh, and that's a credit to the senior leaders and their coaching, and it's a credit into how they helped develop their talent, right? And so a lot of what we did in uh, 2020 in the transformation phase was to set the stage for this optimizing, right? So so as you went through that process, uh, anything surprise you that you didn't, uh, didn't foresee? Um, Again, I, I, I would credit a little bit that the pandemic helped because, because we were in this new uh, state of operations. We had nobody in the office. I think in a weird way, everyone had to learn new things instantaneously. And so change was thrust upon us, right? So I, I think it, I didn't feel as much resistance as I thought through the transformation stage because all of a sudden we're all working at home. We're using Teams, we're using video. You know, there's dogs barking and there's all this stuff we're having to deal with, right? Um, I, I would say, uh, that surprised me a little bit, but I think it had a little bit to do with the fact we were remote. I think, um, again, I, I would say it goes back to the senior leaders communicating constantly. We're in the year of transformation. Every time we did an all hands meeting, which is once a month, we talk about, hey, in the year of transformation, like we just keep speaking about it and speaking about it and speaking about it. And I think what surprised me is the adoption rate of, you know, over a hundred people to say, yeah, this is a different year, and yes, we're going to help this company move forward. And I think that was a credit to the senior leadership team. Um, I was also surprised by the speed at which business changed, right? And so we had to be very quick and very fast in our decision making. And you know, we all faced headwinds uh, in terms of what you thought maybe new revenue would look like uh, at, at a time when you're going through, you know, cities shutting down and it just was it was an interesting thing the velocity surprised us a little bit and i don't think i think anyone in my seat would say the velocity of 2020 probably surprised everybody right just how fast things moved and changed but again i'll go back i'm proud of the team they did a they did a, a fantastic job responding to that change so um and now we're in this you know we had this idea and, and, and there was a lot of talk about a v-shaped recovery or a u-shaped recovery and we had this idea that we built a plan that was sort of V-shaped, and and now, you know, we have more COVID cases than we had, you know, almost the second half of all last year, and so we're here. It's a new game, and I feel blessed in the sense that we already transformed, and we're already in this optimization phase, and we're at a spot where we can weather that storm. So, from a cultural standpoint, organizationally, um, did you see shifts in in what you were and, and where you're going in the culture? Um, yeah, the culture matured, right? And, and, and you know, again, we were faced with a lot of um, just a lot of difficult subject matter. Here, we're going through a global pandemic. We 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 uh, decided after uh, the civil uh, scenarios that were unfolding that we needed to take a bigger stance in 
in diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we created a committee that I am the, am the chair of, right? And so we leaned into those and try to find ways to that we need to contribute and, and change as an organization so we can change the communities that we live in. I mean, there was just a lot. I, I was, um, there was a lot of maturity uh, that, that happened through, through that process. And I would say we're just on the tip of the iceberg of what it means to be uh, sort of software mature for where we're headed. So um, I don't know, that that's probably the best answer. I mean, it, it, it moved quick. We responded quick. The team moved in and has leaned in every opportunity along the way. So as you talk about the next two phases, the optimization and, and, and then maximizing what you have built, uh, speak a little bit about that, the next two phases. How are you going to walk through that? And what does that mean for, for you? Yeah, so in the optimization phase, we once again kind of hone in on really three core areas, people, structure, and culture. We talked a little bit about structure. That's going to be ongoing. You know, last year in 2020, we acquired our first company. Uh, we, we bought a small uh, company called Rover, and we are bringing an alerting product to our uh, wide, you know, range of customers. And we learned a lot, right? It was small, and it was good that we acquired something uh, small so we could learn how to integrate a, a, a new product into the emergency reporting suite. Um, acquisitions are part of our plan, right? And so when you look at uh, a five-year plan, having maybe two, three, four more acquisitions along the way, it is going to come down to the people and the structure and the culture and making sure that we uh, align those three things to be able to accept a new product and then do what we need to do to that product to then make it a valuable solution to, to our customers. So in the people section, we, we talk a lot about talent and tactics, right? We want to make sure and continually invest in the people we have and, and also attract the, the best talent we possibly can. And then it's really about the tactics. What, what do they do every day? And I go back to what I said earlier, I've challenged everyone to be a leader in their job, right? And so if you're a support tech, be a leader, right? Be a leader of your group, be a leader of your customers, be anticipatory, be all of these things that I think good customer uh, service uh, would be expected of, right? Same with sales. Go out and make sure customers understand who you are. Use good tactics, right? And I think that's a lot of the, a lot of that can be sort of drawn right into the fire service, right? Talent and tactics is a big deal. Uh, when you get into the structure, you know we're going to continue to uh, be honest about our structure and what it needs to be. I mean, if we want to, you know, I think uh, Tom mentioned in the opening that we have almost 7,500 customers. They range from you know, a very small volunteer fire department, you know, in Pennsylvania, all the way to U.S. Army Enterprise. We have a, a wide range of customer profiles that we have to service. So if we're going to continue to de develop, you know, mid-market or, or Anaheim, right, or those sorts of fire departments, we have to be ready for what that is. And so the structure has to be able to handle that. And then probably the last one we focus a lot on is culture. We invest a lot of time in making sure we have good chemistry as a team, good chemistry as a brand, and good chemistry with our customers, right? That's an important thing. And it, it gets challenged. I mean, you know, again, through a global pandemic, when all of a sudden you can't answer your phones because you're, you're at home, right? We don't give out support text home phone numbers, right? We had to do a lot of things quickly that that would enable us to still have phone conversations with, with customers. I mean, it, it's... It's the people, the structure, and the culture that you spend most of the time on right now. Well, and I think that's what I found uh, from leading uh, several different organizations is that you, could, you can have a really great strategic plan, but if you are not focused on building the culture to carry it out, it's probably not going to be successful long term. So 
um, you know, I think that you're you're right. I think that your investment in your in your people and getting them on board to where the vision is and and, and how they play a part. It's about you know what's my role and how how can I help make it happen. And oftentimes, as leaders, we we sometimes fail to articulate that very well. And I know you've done a pretty good job of doing that uh, within the organization. It, it's just an ongoing challenge, right? I mean, we just had our first all hands. We walked through what is the year of optimization. We talked about people, structure, and culture. We talked about how how it matters to you and how you contribute. Uh, again, we align all of our artifacts. I mean, we we even went as far as uh, we, we printed t-shirts with the Adams logo. And, and for Christmas, we sent everybody an A t-shirt, a T t-shirt, and an O t-shirt, right? And so um, anyone that comes on board that, that becomes a new employee to emergency reporting, they get the O because they weren't here for the A's and the T's, right? And so it's just little things like that that I think people, you know, really sort of gravitate to. It's something that we can constantly focus as a lens to say, this is what we're doing. And if you have a question about it, I'm available, right? Uh, anyone, senior leaders are available. We talk about it a lot. It's just all those little things I think is, what allows for an organization to be intelligent about what the plan is, right? Mm -hmm. Do you see the Adams model being able to be uh, used by uh, fire chiefs as they strategically plan uh, within their organization? Uh, I, I think so. I mean, you know, each each person, it's got to be, uh, this is just my personal opinion, you got to somehow translate that to to your organization, right? So we're, we're a for-profit business that is expanding globally. I mean, we opened up in Canada. We have our data uh, centers in Canada. We, we're moving, right? So Adams made sense, especially when you get into the maximize and scale. And, and but but I think the same methodology could, could be developed. I mean, you could put a you know a, a fire service, a fire department's patch right in the center. You could still work your way around. Look, we're going to have to move quicker. We're going to have to be more optimized, right? I mean, you know, there's a lot of downward pressure on on uh, fire department budgets, right? So you have to transform. I think you have to optimize. The, the maximize and scale, we might have to come up with maybe a different uh, a different way to represent those. That's more of a for-profit business that's trying to do those things. But I for sure think that that could translate very easily over. I mean, we talk about people, structure, and culture, and we're in the year of optimization. I promise you, fire departments need to focus on talent and tactics in their people. They need oh, to focus on scale and fluidity and reaction. They need to be anticipatory. They need to be leaders. So those, those sorts of things would easily transfer. We probably have to come up with a, a, you know, I don't know how fire department maximizes, right? But maybe there's a different way to think about maximize. But I think it could easily apply. Well, I think as we had talked in the ADAPT conference and we were giving the overview of the 21st century fire and emergency services report, you know, one of the critical issues identified was sustainability. And yeah. Uh, I mean, you're, you're sustaining your organization through maximizing profits and, and market share. We have to sustain ourselves from a fire and emergency services standpoint, uh, making sure that we're sustainable from a, not only a financial, but a service delivery standpoint as well. So I, I see some 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 crossover there, but you're right. We'll probably sure. have some, some of the terminology. Yeah, I think so. I mean... I think so too, and I'm sorry if I interrupted you there, but I, I think so too. There's a lot of crossover. I, I think that that uh, could be applied. And again, it, maybe it's maximized in a different way, right? Maybe the word M means something. For us, it means go get more customers outside of the United States, go go grow to Europe, go grow to Asia, right? Those sorts mm -hmm. of things. So I think it absolutely would apply. Okay. 
So uh, from a, a chief executive standpoint, uh, lessons learned for you. Hmm. Keep talking about it. Uh, be accessible, right? Uh, this this next week, we're starting this uh, just another another engagement again with each group. So after the all hands session, we talked about what it means to be optimized. Now I'm going to in for 30 minute meetings with each of the separate uh, departments inside of emergency reporting, giving them the ability to ask me questions. Hey, what did you mean about this? And what does it mean to be a leader? And how do you see it? And just making sure that you're accessible. Uh, it, it's really about also training uh, your leadership group. The, so the people that report to me, making sure that they can handle the same conversation, that I don't have to always handle it, that it, it shows continuity from, from sort of me and the vision down to each of the senior leaders that, that run their respective divisions. Um, it's also communicating it to customers, right? So making sure having good customer dialogue and say, look, this is where we're headed. You know, you're part of our customer advisory board, you as well as I think seven or eight other fire chiefs that sort of represent our customers, making sure that each one of those people understands what it means and where we're at in our journey is, is another way. Um, and then just being a, a good listener. Right. People, we have 100 people. They have great ideas. I, I left a meeting yesterday talking about what it means to be an incident module, you know, a few years from now. Right. And uh, we had our chief product officer, Sue Sanusa, our, our newly promoted product manager, Nate Croy. And, and we're talking about what does it mean to be an incident module at, at you know, at the M or the S level, right, in, in the mm -hmm. acronym. And it's way different than what it is today. Right. Today, we we have a a strong incident module that a lot of people like, that we do a lot of heavy lifting behind the scenes. So there's some things we can't give up all along that way. But then when you talk about interoperability or integrations or uh, the internet of things or, or buildings talking to things or you know where we're headed, we wanna make sure that we're still innovative and that we are still relevant with those decisions. So you gotta be a good listener, right? And, and you gotta be able to take feedback and then and then chew on the feedback a little bit and then say, okay, that, that does fit into M or have dialogue about what, why something maybe doesn't fit into, you know, what a plan might be. So I don't know, those are probably the, the big ones. Be a good listener, be accessible and, and always be talking about it, right? Just constantly, you know, reinforcing where we're headed. Probably one other thing, Chief, that I think is important is just, just being transparent, right? It's not, there's no magic going beyond the curtain. It's like, hey, come back here and look, this is the game, right? And and this is what we're playing and this is the score and this is how we're doing and this is where we failed and this is where we've succeeded and we need more of these successes and less of these failures, right? Um, and, and maybe one last thing is fail fast, right? Do something small, test it, push it out. If it fails, you didn't invest eight months into something that that failed. You, you invested quick and, and, and that's part of our, I would say our scrum and agile methodology of just moving and adapting, right? Um, those are probably the big things. So continuity of message. Yep. Being a good listener. Fail fast. Fail fast. And the last one you said? Transparency. Transparency, yeah. So those four, uh, I think, are good takeaways for any leader in any organization. If you can do those four things, I think in most, most uh scenarios will be successful yeah so as, as we uh is because uh, i think we're winding down on our uh initial podcast here but i think on part as we move into part two uh, what i'd like to to kind of pick your brain about is where do you think uh, again going back to the 21st century 
report, one of we had two critical issues that were identified there, technology and data. And so what I'd like to explore with you is where where do you see that going in the future? Uh, from a from a, a CEO sitting in a soft uh, running a, a, a major software company for the fire and emergency services, uh, where do you see data and where do you see technology leading in the future? And we come, when we come back from uh, for uh, for uh, part two of this segment, uh, I'd like to dive into that with you. That'd be great. I, I can talk at length about where I where I think it's going, what 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 signs are out there, and yeah, that that would be a great topic to discuss. All right, excellent. Thanks, David, for being with us today, and we'll uh, we'll be back uh, uh, shortly with part two. Sounds great, Chief. Okay, thank you. Thanks.